0: Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. We pray that your life is transformed through this message today, so prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wears. All right. How many of y'all appreciate the fact that they tuned today? Amen. How many of you appreciate the fact that they led us in a great worship time today? Amen. That's what we're really excited about. We're excited about our king. Let me tell you what, that, that idea of adjusting is something that we all need to have happen in our lives. And, and uh, that, that little adjustment with the right source will help us make some beautiful music. Can I just tell you a little bit about uh, the, 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 that, that phrase, life is adjustable? Uh, a number of years ago, in fact, back in the last century, I, I, I met a guy who was a songwriter. And, and uh, he used that phrase, life is adjustable, and I said, Billy, tell me about that phrase, life is adjustable. And he said, Mike, when I was in high school, I was in a full body cast because I had scoliosis and they were trying to straighten my spine. He said, I couldn't do what everybody else did, so I adjusted. I taught myself how to play the guitar and I read a lot. And let me tell you what happened from that. He became a songwriter, a wordsmith, an author, and and he's doing great things for the king today. You would know some of the songs that, that he's written. But I love that idea, life is adjustable. We make a lot of adjustments in our life, don't we? There's one right now that some of y'all were wishing that we would make, and it's called the thermostat. Some of you in here are saying it's too cold. Some of you are saying it's too hot. And there's one of you in here that's saying it's just right, okay? The rest of y'all are going to have to get over it, all right? How about this? Some of you all go, go to a person that adjusts you, a chiropractor. They pop you and they smack you and they, 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 you know, they, they, make, they make you feel better. They get you aligned. Or how about this? Some of you all may use an adjustable wrench. It adjusts to the size of the bolt. Or this is one you may do this afternoon as you get in your car. You may adjust your radio. You can determine how loud it is or you can determine what type of music that you want to hear. Or this one, you might need to adjust your speedometer if you're going that fast down log cabin. I know who you are, okay? I've seen you. And, uh, and, and they will pull you over out there. And, and you need to understand that. So, hey, those are adjustments that we are always making. Today I'm going to talk about an adjustment. Life is adjustable, and it's the most important adjustment that we can make. It's the adjustment in our lives... It's the adjustment in our lives where we say what is number one in our lives, what is going to be that priority. In fact, it is that source that Clint has talked about. Jesus talks a lot about priorities, and he talks about it in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 6, you can turn there in your Bibles or go there on your device, and, and in Matthew 6, in verse 24, this is what he says about priorities. He says, no one can serve two masters. Now, what he's really saying there is nobody can have two priorities. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God, both God and money. Okay, you have to have one priority. That's it. And if you're trying to go back and forth between one or two, it just isn't going to work. And then the second verse is Matthew six uh, thirty three. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Those two verses lead me with a conclusion, and the conclusion is this, is that Christ wants to be the priority in our lives. Those two verses lead me to this conclusion, and that is that Christ wants to be the one and only priority in our lives. And when I read all the scripture, there's one thing that I understand is that God doesn't want to be one of many priorities, he wants to be the only priority, So Christ wants to be the priority in our lives. And um, somebody has said to me, and and, and you may have heard this, somebody said, well, God and and, and Jesus, they're a little bit self-centered and egocentric, aren't they? If they want to be the center of everybody's lives. Let me explain to you how this works. Jesus God created us. He knows how we're wired. He knows that we are wired to worship. So when he says, I want you to put me in first place, can I tell you what he's actually doing? He's wanting what is best for us. He knows how we're built. And he knows that we will find fulfillment, that we will find satisfaction when we give him priority in our lives. So it's not egocentric. What it really is, is he knows how we're built, he knows how we're wired, and he wants the best for us. And that means that you and I, if we're going to have Jesus Christ as a priority, we're going to have to intentionally put him there. Intentionally put him there. That that means that that we make that effort. Can I tell you what the opposite of, um, of intentional is? It's accidental. Accidents aren't good, are they? And can I tell you what, if you don't intentionally make Jesus Christ the priority of your life, somebody else will determine what that priority is going to be. And it's an accident waiting to happen. Intentional or accidental. So we intentionally put Christ there because we don't want that accident to happen. So so this is the next thing that I want you to hear from this is, is decide on the right priority and the rest falls into place. Decide on the right priority and the rest falls into place. Making Christ a priority in your life or making Christ the priority in your life is a lot like building a house. You want to get it right. If the foundation of a house isn't right, it won't stand for long. If Christ isn't the priority of your life, it won't stand for long and so it's that foundation I don't know if you guys ever have this problem you put on a shirt and you don't get the first button in the right place what happens then the shirt is kind of whomper jawed and and it doesn't fit right and it just doesn't look very good does it and that's what happens when we don't have our priorities right John Wooden A great basketball coach, the very first thing that he would teach his basketball players, the priority was how to tie their shoes. Because if a shoe comes untied, they can't do what they're supposed to do, play basketball. They've got to worry about their shoe. You see, that idea of priority. Truett Cathy is the founder of Chick-fil-A, and and let me tell you what Truett decided when he started Chick-fil-A. He decided that Jesus Christ was going to be his priority. His stores would not be open on Sunday. Why? Because he wanted to be in church. He had a group of junior boys that he taught, and he felt like he needed to be there for them, And, and then he wanted his employees to be able to make Jesus Christ first in their lives. And so, you know what, let me tell you how it's worked out for him. There are over 2,000 Chick-fil-A's now, started from one, and that is still the priority. God blesses. When you make Christ the priority, the rest falls into place. You could look at Hobby Lobby. They've made the same decision. They are expanding and growing. When you put Christ in first place, when you give him the priority place in your life, can I tell you what happens? The rest falls in place. Let me tell you about somebody that didn't. Family Christian Bookstores in 2003 decided they needed to be open on Sundays. Okay, They had to be open on Sundays to make enough money to stay open. In February of this year, 2017, they shut every store down. They went bankrupt. There is a blessing by making God the priority in our lives. I was 10 years old when I made the decision to follow Christ. I was baptized into Christ. But I will tell you, it was when I turned 16... It was when I turned 16 that I finally understood what it was to make Christ a priority in my life. And let me tell you what it decided for me as it went along. Once I made Christ a priority in my life, it helped me decide where I was going to go to college. It helped me decide who I was going to marry. It helped me decide what I was going to do. And it's, and it's helped to bring me to this point right now. It's also helped me to make a decision about a lot of things that I won't do. Because he is a priority. Can I tell you what? For me, it's helped me. I've made Christ a priority in my life, or I've at least tried to all along the way. And you know what? When you make Christ the priority, you have God's favor, and you don't need anything else. Is Christ the priority in your life? You 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 can say those words easily. Yes, he is. But can I tell you what? It's not determined by what you say. It's determined by what you do. Actions reveal our priorities. Actions reveal our priorities. Let me tell you, you have two documents in your possession that will reveal your priorities. One is called a checkbook, and the other is called a calendar. One is called a checkbook, and now how much money you spend will show where your priorities are and what your your priority is, and and the other one is a calendar. It will show how you spend your time, what you do, and that will reveal your priorities. I hear a lot of people tell me this, Yes, Jesus Christ is number one in my life. But then they say, but I just don't have time to be in his word. I I just don't have time to be in prayer. I just don't have time to be in church on Sunday. And can I tell you what they've said right there? And when they said they don't have time, what they've said is it's not a priority. What they say in that is Jesus is not a priority. That doesn't work. So let me just tell you, if you decide in your life that you want to make Christ a priority, you want to make that adjustment, and then the rest begins to fall in place, let me tell you what you can expect. You can expect resistance. In fact, what I'm going to tell you is you can expect it, and you better prepare for resistance. It's it's going to happen. When you make Jesus Christ the priority in your life, I want you to understand this. When you make Jesus Christ the priority in your life, all hell will break loose, quite literally, because Satan is not going to like it. When you and I say, I'm going to give Jesus Christ the first place in my life, Satan is going to attack, and he's going to do it in so many ways. I mentioned Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby. Can I tell you, those two companies have had all manner of evil said about them. Why? Because they have a priority of Jesus Christ. And the world doesn't like that. Uh, They've had people tell them they're stupid for not making more money on, on Sundays. And they've had people question them because of that. Can I tell you the same thing will happen when you say, when I say, I want Jesus Christ to be the priority of my life. You can expect it in two ways. There are going to be people that will come against you. You will have friends that will say, I don't understand why you're living that way. You could be having fun and doing everything that I do. Now, can I tell you what's going on right there? Once you make Jesus Christ a priority in your life, there will be a light that shines in you. And it will shine on them. You're not judging them, but they will realize, hey, you know what? I don't have what they want, but I'm not willing to to put Christ as a priority. So what I'm going to try to do is to pull them down. And so they pull you down so that they look better themselves. That's resistance. And it's going to come. I'm going to tell you that it's going to happen. The second type of resistance is this. The second type of resistance is the resistance when Satan attacks. And he will do that in so many ways. He will try to break up marriages. He will try to to bring financial ruin. And I'm just going to tell you, it's going to happen. He's going to try what what, what he's going to try. But who can stand against the Lord? Haven't we sung that today? Who, who, who is mighty and who can stand against the Lord? There is absolutely no one. Can I tell you what we're getting ready to do? We're getting ready to go into uh, to 21 days of prayer. We've been talking about this. We've been praying about it. This is what I know. If you guys will join me in 21 days of prayer, you can absolutely expect resistance. You can expect the attack of Satan. I've been praying since the 1st of June about this. Why? Because I know that once we begin to pray for 21 days, I'm going to just tell you what's going to happen. Satan is going to come after us. We see it every Every time we do this, but can I tell you what I know also is that my God is mighty and and no one and no one can stand against him. And so what I'm going to do is pray even harder. I'm going to say Satan, bring it because my God is even more mighty than you, but you know what? We can expect that to happen. But what we've got to do at that point is we've got to rise up. Amen. Amen. We've got to rise up and we've got to let Satan know that our God is more mighty and that no one can stand against him. That's how it works. It's going to happen, and we will prevail. I will make you that promise. So you you make Jesus Christ priority. The rest begins to fall in place. The resistance comes, and then this is what you have to do. You have to refocus daily. Refocus daily. The resistance is going to happen. I'm going to promise you that when you make him the priority of your life. And it's going to mean that you're going to have to refocus daily. This is what happens when resistance comes. We we begin to want to take the path of least resistance. And we actually begin to, to divert a little bit. And before long, we've gone a long ways off. And what we have to do is get refocused back on what's important, Jesus Christ and him alone. That, that's how it works. We refocus ourselves, and, and we get there. Now you all know about distracted driving. Some of you all do it. I see you. I watch you. You're driving down the phone with, driving down the road with your phone in your hand, and, and you're texting and doing all sorts of things. And can I tell you what? People have lost their lives. People have killed others because of that. It's absolutely devastating what distracted driving can do. But can I tell you what? Distractive living. Where we don't keep our focus on our priority is even worse. So I make Jesus my priority, the rest begins to fall into place, the the the, the, the resistance is gonna come, but then I continually refocus so that I keep him in that place. That's how it works. I, I, I can remember back, i have been in Milledgeville for about a year, and, and, and uh, I, I was, uh, you guys may not know this, this is the first time I've ever been a lead pastor, a senior pastor. Some of you saying that explains a lot, but, but you know, the first time, and i have been a, 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 a college pastor, i have been a camp director, I'd been a youth minister, i done a lot of different things, and then finally here. And I can remember after about a year, I, I was thinking, what have I gotten myself into? Now, I will tell you kind of how it felt. We'd grown from about 200 to to, to, to 400, and I kind of felt like that guy at the circus, you've seen him. He he has all those plates up there, and he's trying to spin them, and there were plates coming, crashing down, and I was trying to put more up there, and it had just gotten absolutely crazy. Now, can I tell you what, in case you don't know this, growth brings problems, okay? Growth brings problems. They're good problems, but they're still problems. And, 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 and I remember so, so very clearly, you know, we were talking about going to two services. And I actually had some people tell me, Mike, you're stupid. There aren't enough people in Milledgeville to fill that building twice. Hmm. And, and then we were making changes. And can I tell you what you get when you make changes? You get an earful. Uh, and, and then there was the weight of trying to minister to over 400 people. And uh, you, you may not realize that weight, but, but it was huge. And I can remember, I was thinking, I probably ought to get a job with a bomb disposal uh, group because it would be a lot less stress. And, uh, but you know what? It came down to one day I was in my office and I was looking for something. I came across something my brother-in-law gave me. You're going to see it up here. This is, this is Moses' uh, organizational chart. You will notice Moses is leader. Moses is teaching. Moses is cutting the grass. Moses is counting the money. Moses is taking the complaints. He, he, is, he is counting. And there are some even to be determined. Moses was doing Everything. Let me tell you what it cost Moses. It cost him his family. His wife went back to her father. And and where we're going to pick up the story today, Moses is leading about one and a half million people. And from the morning time till he goes to bed, they are lined up all the way back to Egypt because they have complaints, they have problems, and they want to talk to Moses. Wow. I understand how he felt. I understand how he felt. So we're going to pick up the story in, in, in Exodus 18. We're going to start in verse 17. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, has come back. I guess he got tired of, of Moses' wife and kids, and he's bringing them back. And, and, and so let's look at Exodus 18 in verse, in, in verse uh, 17. This is what it said. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. When your father-in-law gives you advice, that's not good, okay? And so his father-in-law is giving this advice. He says, you and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen to me now and I will give some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God. That means that he was to pray for his people and bring their disputes to him. So the first thing he was to do was to pray. That was to be his priority. And then he says, teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. So he told him, you need to pray and then you need to teach. And then he said, but select capable men from all the people. What he's saying there is build leaders. Men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide themselves, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. I got into that chapter, and and it began to affect me. Because I will tell you, I didn't have a work problem. What I had was a priority problem. It wasn't that I had all these things to do. is I hadn't decided what was most important in my life. And so this is what I did. I did what Moses did. I decided that I was going to spend more time praying. That's the first thing I would tell you that I did, pray. And and I I consider that the most important thing I do, is to pray for you all. I get, I get the, the, the cards every week where you put the prayer request on there. And some of them are heartbreaking. And I pray, the elders pray, the staff prays over those. Why? Because that's a priority. We can talk to God about you. Sometimes I go in Church Community Builder. That's our church database. And this is what I do. I read through the names and I pray for some of y'all. This one's going to scare some of y'all, but that's all right. I go to Facebook sometimes and I see what's going on and I pray for you. And I will tell you, it breaks my heart sometimes what I see. Because I know some of y'all are headed in the wrong direction. So, prayer, I consider that a priority. The second thing that he told Moses is you got to teach you got to teach. And he said, I, I want you to teach the instructions and the decrees of God. I want you to teach them how to live it out. What he was saying there is I want you to teach them the head knowledge, the heart knowledge, so that it comes out in the way they live and how they act. And so that's a, a priority for me. I, I lead the teaching team, and, and, and our job is to make sure that there is a buffet served for you every week so that you get enough to get you through the week. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, that's a weight. That That's heavy. Uh, Because we're handling God's word, and it's so very important. And then the third thing that it says is to build leaders. I think that's one of the the jobs that I'm supposed to do here. And, and, And you can ask any staff member, what am I always harping about? And it's to build leaders. Moses said to build men. I think we build men and women here. We want to see women lead in this place just like any other place. But I believe that is one of the priorities. And if we want to grow, can I tell you what we got to do? We've got to find more people that will lead so that we can expand and do even greater things. This is how it works, folks. If your life is a mess and you feel like that guy spinning all the plates, can I tell you what needs to happen? You need to get back to putting Jesus in that place of priority in your life. And then the rest of the things will begin to fall in place. It did for me once I decided I I didn't have a work problem, that I had a priority problem. When when I began to understand what God was calling me to do, to call me to pray, to teach, and to to build leaders, and I made that the priority, that's when the rest began to fall into place. But I will tell you, all along the way, there has been resistance, and it's required me to refocus every single time. If you just think about it this way. Imagine that I am conducting an orchestra. I I have no musical ability. I couldn't do this. But just imagine with me, if I I faced you all and the music is back here and I'm flapping my arms or doing whatever they do to make that happen, it wouldn't work, would it? So sometimes I've got to turn my back on the crowd just like that guy and lead so that we can make some beautiful music that will reach out in this community. That's having a priority. That's how it works. So all I'm doing today is calling you to this one adjustment. And I believe it is the most important adjustment that you will hear in this series is to make Jesus Christ a priority because it is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and the rest will be added to you. There's a a great kid's song. Uh, You learned it in kindergarten. I didn't go to kindergarten and uh, and so i didn't learn it in kindergarten let me tell you where i learned the song i learned it at the skating rink okay and it was uh, it was one of the things that we did. It, it, you, you, you will know the song once I tell you what it is. It's called the Hokey Pokey. Let me tell you how I learned the Hokey Pokey. It, when you put your right foot in, that's when I put my big rear end down, okay? Uh, because I, I was no good at skating. But if you remember that song, it, 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 it is a great song. It, it reminds us, it says, you put your right hand in and you take your right hand out. You put your right hand in and you shake it all about. You do the Hokey Pokey and you turn yourself around. And that's what it's all about. Wow. That's pretty non-committal, isn't it? Put it in, take it out. But there's a lot of activity, and it looks like you're doing something. So you put your right hand in, and you take it out. And and do we ever do Jesus that way? Do we say, oh, yeah, I want to follow you right now, but I'm not tomorrow night. You see, he's priority. He's priority always in our lives. And you know what? We, we, can, we can put it in. We can take it out. We can shake it about. We can do whatever the hokey pokey is. And we can spin around. And where do we end up? Right back in the same place. With Jesus Christ as our priority, we keep our eyes on him. And we follow him. And we walk ahead. It's not about all sorts of emotions. It's about our head down, following him, knowing what he would have us to do. And when we do that, everything else falls into place. Everything else falls into place. Jesus said it this way. He said, seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things, all these things you've been worried about will be taken care of. He said it even another way in Luke. He said... Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. This isn't putting it in and taking it out. This is walking right behind him and with him every step of the way. We don't have time for hokey pokey religion here. We've got to give ourselves completely to him as our priority. As our priority. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to ask you the question that I ask so often. What is is God? What is Jesus? What is the Spirit saying to you today? How is He tugging at your heart? Is He the priority? If we were to look at your checkbook or your calendar, would we say, yeah, Jesus is a priority? What's He saying to you today? Will you make him the priority when you walk out this door, but will you make him the priority tomorrow night or the next day when you're at work? I'm going to tell you there's nothing better than it. It decides so many decisions for you. This morning, if you're here and you have a decision to make, you want some prayer, we'll be up front. If there's a health concern, we would love to pray over you. If there's any type of concern, we'd love to pray over you. But if you just need help in making Him the priority in your life, making Him the King of kings and Lord of lords, why don't you step out and show Him that. Let's stand. Let's sing. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our ChurchLink app today for your iOS or Android device.